friends, and welcome to Pod Return to the Waking Sands. We are a Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast where we explore the lore and story of Hydaelyn and beyond. Uh, my name is Jen, and I'm joined by my co-host and researcher. I'm Levi. Hello, Levi. Today, we are continuing the patch 2.2 main story quest. We are playing through the quest, Gift of Eternity. But first, what happened last time, Jen? Uh, last time, a strange purple lady showed up in Vesper Bay. Alfino got very excited. Um, she had a bunch of refugees with her. We went to Ulda. We accosted the syndicate. We like, let us in. And they're like, no. Uh, Revenant's Toll decided to take them in. And... Now we're trying to figure out how to get people places. Thanks, Jen. That was a tight recap, except you missed that Thancred got very excited. I did forget that. <laughs> <laughs> so Alfino dispatches us to Vesper Bay, where to meet with someone who is named Hosan, who will be leading the first group of refugees. And Alfino tells us to assist with any tasks, great or small, to get them moving. And indeed, Jen, a couple fetch quests were trimmed from this portion of the story. One of them involved a refugee being offended by the smell of chocobos or horsebirds, so you had to troubleshoot ways of mitigating the smell or they wouldn't go on the cart. Jesus Christ. Yeah, all of this feels like it's going by so much faster than it, than yes, it did. Yes, because it is. Um, so we have a single task to do before these guys get moving. We have to find children. Hosan immediately apologizes for making a great warrior like us do trivial tasks, but he asks us to locate and round up the missing children who are playing hide and seek. It sounds like Lady Yugiri told these children to take this game very seriously, as it was practice for hiding from Imperials. Yeah, yeah. So, cool, we're going to go around Vesper Bay looking for the hidden children. First, you have to go talk to the head child, Yozan, um, which is Hosan's kid. And uh, he's like, yeah, he's... my friends are hiding. Great. So we find kids, and now we can finally go. None are in buildings, surprisingly. Right? Yeah, they're all, like, behind shit. Yeah. Behind a building, on top of a building. Which is surprisingly merciful, but I checked inside buildings anyway, because I suspected they would be, so it yep. can't yep. win pretty much. <laughs> um, so with the children found, um, we, uh, we have a coach that's ready to go, um, to Ulda. So has in his family, including his like curmudgeonial dad, <laughs> they're all on this first caravan. However, on the route we would be taking, someone spotted some kind of dangerous looking beastie and, um, like, you know what, maybe you should go ahead and check the trail for other such dangers. Um, no problem. We kind of do that a lot. Uh, head out there, and there is indeed a, a big beastie. It's a it's a wandering eye. Um, these are Voidson, right? Yeah, it's an Araman. Okay. Just hanging out. All right. Yeah, he's just hanging out. So we, we kill him. We return. The guy that's driving the caravan, he was like, ah, like we validated the fact that he actually saw something. And uh, he did. Not anymore, though. So now um, we're chatting with Hosan. Yeah, it's a pit stop outside Horizon on the way to Ulda. And 
there are children playing on crates and the adults are talking to us. The child on the crate, he's doing like this like balancing act, like he's on like a thin something something, but he's on a big flat crate. There's no balancing needed. It's like three feet by three feet. And he's like, oh, oh, he's trying to walk back and forth on this crate. I'm like, man, you can use both feet. There's no balancing needed. What's it's practice, Jen. It's his ninja training. Sure. Maybe maybe find like a whatever. <laughs> so meanwhile, we are talking to the adults here and they start to comment on Lady Yugiri and how she chose to remain with the refugees, even though it was well within her power to go it alone. Suddenly, two children rush up with such speed that they bowl over one of the adults. <laughs> they literally knock him down to get to us. Understandable. And they ask us that they start asking us a bunch of questions. You know, um, how did you decide to become an adventurer? Is Revenant's Toll pretty? The how- first question, Jen, is why did you become an adventurer? Oh yeah, this old this old chestnut. Oh, you know, for the fame, for the glory, for the riches. I go where the wild rose blooms. I chose that one. They keep trying to make that a joke, but it's never good. Yeah. The the wild rose, because that was the code word for the um the scions. Exactly. Back in the day. Yeah. But none of the answers when you choose that are ever any any good. And the kids are like, I don't think roses are growing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah. you're correct. Um next up, a girl wants to hear about Revenant's Toll, so we can give her three descriptions focusing on the adventurers there, the surrounding wilderness, or it being home to the scions. Or we can scare the child by telling her that it's right by a castrum. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no big deal. It's just a stone's throw from a nearby imperial castrum. In case you try, you're trying to escape your trauma. No, it's gonna be right fucking there. Uh, yeah, I don't tell her that. I think I told I, I said it's the home of the science of the seventh dawn because that's impressive as shit, right? Did she like that? It. She said it, like all the answers were so like. Eh. Uh, she said, oh, so, that, so you live there. So that means you'll be around all the time. Like, mm, I guess that's one way to interpret that or respond to what I said. If you pick the castrum answer, she tells you that you're a liar. Oh! No one would live by a castrum, she says. Oh, I mean, that's all we do. <laughs> <laughs> right now, like in Vesper Bay, it's a castrum right there. Next, the boy asks how he can get strong like us. We can answer adventuring, fighting, or training, or buy gear from Rowena. Get him hooked early. <laughs> yeah. Buy all of your gear and weapons from Rowena. There you go. Um, she's not paying us to say this, so I don't. I told them, seek out new experiences and adventures. You know, things that Republicans don't do. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I said. Like, Anything yeah. good from that? Um, it was like, oh, that makes sense. So to become an adventurer, you should do adventures. Yep. If you tell them that you can buy gear from Rowena, they just say they don't have any money. <laughs> I, I don't understand why they bother making these comedy responses if they're not going to actually play with it. I, I like what? What's the point of, I, of I the? It makes you chuckle inwardly, but that's as far as it goes. The the question is mildly humorous, but the answer is 
boring. Wah, wah. It's like, yeah. yes, that is what a child would say if you said you should buy the stuff or whatever. Uh, but yeah, the, read the, the answer, room, Warrior of Light. The answer, though, that you give, that is obviously the absurd answer because no one should be in Rowena's debt as a child. So obviously <laughs> the respondent is trying to play with the option if they choose that option. So yes, and them don't fart back at them. Uh, thank you. Yeah. That's all. Anyway, at this point in time, Hosen tries to shoo away the children, and they get one more question in. Can they be an adventurer like us? We give them a stoic nod, and the kids resolve to found a junior adventurer's guild in Mordona. Yeah, we ask this question. We don't get an option to be like, mm, I don't think you're ready, or like, no, you wouldn't make a good adventurer. It's just like, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's. I guess it's important to encourage children and not stomp on their dreams. Anyway. Like your dreams, Jen. Yeah. Well, you know, I stomped on my own dreams. Oh, so, no. Yeah. Now it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first caravan reaches Ulda, and now um, we're picking up with uh, Ugiri's contingent. So we meet with Elfino in the quicksand, and he's like, good job. Now go with Ugiri to Revenant's Toll. And start making some uh, diplomatic inroads, you know, hit up Slothborn, uh, hit up this or that. When we get there, like, all right, here we go. Um, so we head to Revenant's Toll. We introduce ourselves in the group. We don't introduce ourselves. We, Slothborn already knows us. But we're, we um, make the introductions for Yugiri. And Slothborn's like, welcome. It's going to be great. We're a little scrappy out here, but we're not going to discriminate on on race or creed or social status or anything like that. And Yugiri's like, that's cool. Then he's like, have you met Manphilia yet? And we're like, no. And he's like, what? Go meet Manphilia. And Yugiri says, um, just, you know, before I meet her, this is very important. I just want to gather my thoughts. So we go ahead and check in with Manphilia. On the way, the scions inside the Rising Stones lounge area have new dialogue, but it's pretty boring. They just... <laughs> Great. They just wonder about, you know, how much the refugees suffered, and they are commenting on what Dome is like. I heard they have good tea there. Oh, my God. Okay. Missed opportunities all around. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big deal. We got, we got like, a bunch of Domans. This is, yeah. Must have been hard on those boats. <sighs> yes. Anyway, <laughs> in the solar, Menphilia is trying to reach the students of Baldeshian by Link Pearl, but no luck. They've been out of touch since Elidibus appeared on the scene. Afterwards, she turns to us. She remarks that some may think it odd to try to help the refugees while the primal threat is unresolved, but unless she's got some super secret plan, as far as we know, the primals will be a problem for quite some time, so don't hold your breath on other matters while the primals are out there. Basically, yeah. It's a weird comment to be like, we gotta deal with this problem first. Yeah, she's... she's... She's like, man, I hope you don't think this is a bad decision helping the refugees, even though we've got, you know, this primal thing that we've dealt with. I'm like, we, we can we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Um, So, you know, there we go. So Yugiri comes in and there's a little meet and greet and the Adventurers Guild from Revenant's Toll, those emissaries are there. And remember when I was like... Yeah, it's a spectacle man and there's a short dark hair lady who never talks, ever. Yeah, it's it's anyway. They um they showed up right before we when we made the decision to leave uh, the Waking Sands. These two people showed up to you know to facilitate the move. 
And and I was like, we are never going to see these people again. This is stupid. But here they are. I don't think they we'll are here again. for two seconds. The guy says that the guy emissary says he'll go and receive the refugees. And the lady bows and walks out. They're still about apparently. OK, this will be the last time we see them. Obviously. Now we'll never see them. Again. Jen's sticking to that declaration. Exactly. Yep. I'm uh, moving those goalposts. So now Yishtola and Thancred arrive with an update on the missing crystals. Thancred says that there has been no unusual Amalja activity, which suggests that the stolen crystals have not arrived in Amalja hands, because if so, they would be summoning some Ifri extremes. Yeah. So the Amalja, they're just chilling. Everything's the same. And um, Yishtola believes that the um, the crystals are making their way to the Sahagin in order to summon the primal leviathan. Yeah. Because we found some serpent reavers, the leviathan thrall guys, ambushing our decoy caravan last time. And she has recently joined the maelstrom in spying on the Sahagin. And they cited an elder Sahagin speaking of the gift and knowledge of eternity. Ah, yes. So as soon as she says that, both... We and Menphilia have an echo flashback. Um, this is a very recent flashback, but this is when Ishola is um, she's spying. They're in. They're deep in the spawning grounds, spying on the Sahagin, and um, she's peeping this um, pre-ritual ritual. This is at the Sahagin Etherite, actually. So the elder is speaking to a small gathering there, you know, proclaiming the bit about eternity and um, how then he will be equal with the quote-unquote emissary, and will know no cessation, no oblivion. Um, so Elidibus was here, basically. Soon, soon it shall begin. Our Lord shall rise midst surging waves to wash away the finless one. And I shall be granted the gift and knowledge of eternity, and with the emissary stand equal. Then shall I know no cessation, no oblivion. And we snap out of it, and Menphilia's like, oh, fuck, yeah, the gift and the knowledge of what he, like, yeah, he's talking about the Echo, this is Elidibus. How the fuck is he able to give somebody the gift of the Echo? Like, that's not how that works, she thought. Um, so now, whatever it is that we're going to be doing, we'll, we're going to, this, this next intervention, uh, primal intervention that we're going to embark on, Menphilia, she's like, I need to go because I need to see this echo bullshit that he's doing. I need to see it with my own eyes because this is all part of like her trying to understand what the fuck this is. Like, this isn't something you give, right? We don't know. Oh, I gotta go check it out. Yishola informs us that Admiral Merylvib has requested our help on this to prevent a leviathan summoning or to strike down the primal. And Thancred agrees to allow Minfilia to come. Not sure how much say he has there, but regardless, he's not going to fight her if he can escort her right. in person, yeah. uh, keep her safe. Everybody's very worried about Minfilia. At this point, Yugiri, who has been watching very patiently during all of this, speaks up, asking what all the hubbub's about. It seems that Yugiri does not know what a primal is, which is interesting uh, because it suggests that they are not a an occurrence, at least not a common occurrence, around Doma. Yeah. But um, she offers to help 
she has been feeling very indebted to everyone so far, and this is the chance for her to repay some of that debt to do something to help the helpers. Yeah, she's like, I, I know I know my way around some wars, you know. I, I'm going to offer my blade, and Thinkrit's like, hell yeah, girl. So we hop over to Limsa to meet with the Admiral. So right now we're in, like, prevention mode. Like, let's get in there and try to stop this thing from happening before it happens. We meet Merylvib in her office. She starts by saying that she believed that the Sahagin were too short on crystals to summon Leviathan, but they did not expect them to reach so far across the seas to increase their crystal supply. Yeah, like the different reavers going all the way to Thanaland to steal crystals for this shit. Like we did not at all foresee that happening and boom, it happened. Fuck. And now here we are. So that sucks. Um, but here we go. <laughs> Merlvib also addresses Minfilia's desire to be on the front lines for this. And she's like, I, I'm i not going to tell you no because you're a grown-ass woman, but you will be with me the whole time, okay? So now she's double protected. Y- yeah. Merlvib doesn't give Minfilia an opportunity to protest at all. She's like, you're, you're going to stick right by my side on this. That's settled. Moving on. Um, amazing. Right now, what they're doing um, from Camp Skull Valley is reconnaissance on the whole Sahagan settlement area, whatever. Spawning grounds. Spawning grounds. We are dispatched to rendezvous with the Maelstrom Scouts in Western Lanosha to get an update on the situation. If we are in the Maelstrom, we are addressed by Merylvib by rank. Nice. That's cool. We pop on over to Western Lanosha. There is a fortress built up just outside the spawning grounds, and we meet up with the local commander, Falk Brita. Yeah, she's like, welcome. Thanks for helping out. Unfortunately, our, our scouting party hasn't returned yet. They definitely should have returned by now. I'm going to give you some um, restoratives. If you can find them in the field to either do some field medic shit or bring back their bodies, worst case scenario. Uh, there's five of them. We head into the spawning grounds. This area looks like a giant tide pool. There are oversized anemones, corals, and seaweed-like plants all over the area. We um, we head into the spawning grounds and we start looking around. We find the first guy. He is wounded. We give him a restorative and he's like, thank, you, thank fucking God you saved my life. Uh, the others were captured. Um, I don't know what happened to him. Good luck. They were likely taken to the Serpent's Tongue, which is all the way in the fucking back. Um, it's like a little uh, cove with a, with a building, and you, you've probably been there a billion times for random fates and hunting long shits. At the fortress, deep in the spawning grounds, we find two bodies of scouts. And when we approach, we are ambushed by some Serpent Reavers. We kill them, then we collect the bodies, and we head back. Back at the fort, Falk Brita starts to wind herself up, ready to exact vengeance on the Sahagin. Of the five scouts, two of them are missing, two are dead, one survivor. So uh, she's very pissed off at this. Yeah. But at this point, Merylvib arrives and tells Falk Brita to chill. We need to focus on the Leviathan issue, not on... I don't need you ranting and raving, right? Yeah. Just buckle up. Buckle up. Um, so the... Sahagin are now congregating at the etherite. There's an etherite, a raw etherite, a jagged purple crystal at the very far end of the spawning grounds way up against the ocean. Yeah, which is which is where the ritual is going to be. So like 
things are happening. And because things are happening, they have increased Sahagan patrols and security and all that shit. So now we have to engage in a bunch of like, like weird assault and diversionary shit so that they can clear a path for us to infiltrate deep in there and stop the stuff from happening. All right, so we got, we got again, like, you know, the multi-prong, whatever. Merlveb has sent ships just off the shore um, to basically provide some... Um, Diversionary fire. Yeah, okay, yeah, to help us out. Meanwhile, the Maelstrom ground forces will engage the bulk of the um, Sahagin's thralls in the spawning grounds. The Scions will sow chaos in small groups, and Minfilia and Merlveb will head for the... Sahagin Aetherite to try and kill their priest, the one who is leading the summoning. Yeah. We head into the spawning grounds again. This operation takes place almost entirely off screen. We don't see any of the stuff except for no. our character no, we're doing just stuff going through, on foot. Yeah. So we go through solo and we fight through a series of gates to force our way deeper into the spawning grounds. We reach these rickety looking wooden gates and as we approach them, enemies spawn in, we kill the enemies, we press forward to the next gate, and so on. We must clear three gates to proceed. Eventually, we meet up with Yishchola, and we find ourselves backed up against the sea by a group of Sahagin and Thralls. A Sahagin leaps out of the water with a spear intent on impaling Yishchola, when a dagger flies out of nowhere into its chest. Shing! It's Thankrid and Yugiri. Woo! They proceed to show their stuff with Yugiri unleashing some sick ninja moves. Hell yeah. And like, so Thankrid and Yugiri are just going crazy and it's awesome and badass. And they're all like, damn girl, you got some moves. And she's all like, damn guy, you got some moves. This is some nonstop Marvel one-liners. <laughs> that just <laughs> happened. Did uh, I do that? Oh no. I just shot a dagger out of my hand. Thankrid is being kind of... He's got a growing rivalry with Yugiri because he sees her being so sweet. And he's like, I want to be sweet too. So I better step it up. And Yugiri sees Thankrid doing his sweet shit. And she's like, ooh. <laughs> so there might be some interest <laughs> boiling there. Maybe. But yeah, no, she just like, she comes out of nowhere. Like literally. She's like, can I join your battle? And we're like, sure. And then she pulls out these sick ass moves. Um, we- Thankrid's very impressed. He's like, remind me not to start a fight with a doman. <laughs> You know. We press forward to the Aetherite. The Sahagin mass against us, but someone else now attacks from off screen. Yeah, we're surrounded again and yet again. So now now we got like bullets just raining down from the sky and you know, Merle Vib has shown up, obviously, and she's like bow, 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 bow. and she's up on a cliff nearby, like shooting down at us, and then suddenly a Sahagin jumps out of the water like up above Merle Vib. There's two of them, and she kinda this is a slow-mo. They're like, rising up out of the water and they're going to like descend upon her with the spears and shit. And she just kind of looks at him with the most bored expression on her face and does like a blap blap, done. A third one jumps up, but then, and then Yugiri and Thancred show up and then, you know, they take care of it. Like everybody's just being a badass right now. Despite all these sick moves, the priest is able to start the ritual. So we have this Sahakan priest who's wearing a crazy crab shell-like headpiece. Yeah, it's a it's a hand claw. <laughs> <laughs> hand claw. It's not a foot claw. It's a hand claw. I was I I don't think I noticed the first time I played this what exactly it was. I'm like this is a this is an incredible 
headpiece that he's got going on. But no, it's just like it's a huge crab claw. It covers his entire face. And it's and head. Yeah. And it's like sitting kind of asymmetrically on uh-huh. him. It looks it reminds me of when uh Eliza first goes to the races at Ascot and everybody's wearing these fabulous hats. It Are just looks like a fabulous my fair hat. Lady Jen? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one. it's like, you know, kind of like sitting a little forward on his head and it's kind of asymmetrical. I'm like, this looks like a fabulous hat. Well, we are off to the races here. Oh my God. As the priest declares that we shall all perish with salt in our wounds and sea in our lungs. He calls out to the Lord of the world, Leviathan, to deliver them, deliver the Sahagin from their misery. And the priest becomes awash in dark energy. Merlvib shoots the priest and they topple. <laughs> Their body now dissolves into light, and a pulsing aqueous orb floats where the priest once was. I thought it was funny. Um, priest says this shit. The energy like overwhelms him. It also overwhelms the other Sahag- the, the Sahagan that are doing the ritual with him. And Merlvib is like, do you feel that? And Menphilia says, I do. That's the echo. So whatever is happening to the Sahagan here in this ritual is echo type shit. And Menphilia can tell. Maybe. Yeah. So it's 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 a reasonable facsimile. It's not confirmed. Menphilia does do an echo reaction to this whole thing. Something's going on here. The game ultimately kind of ends up backpedaling on this stuff in a sense, in terms of the way the echo develops. But um, there was some rework of the narrative direction during the post Realm Reborn. (laughs) That'll happen. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was just hilarious. This thing barely happens and Merlvub's like, I, like I, I'm done. I can't. And just shoots him. So anyway, this aqueous orb that has replaced the priest's body, it floats over to the body to another living Sahagin and enters their body and they transform into the priest, headpiece and all. Yeah. He's like, yeah, nice try, motherfuckers. Did I not tell you that I'm immortal? So this to me, Jen... No one says what's going on here, but this looks more like the Asian's possession ability yes. than it looks like the Echo. Totally. Maybe at one point the writers were going to make them one in the same, but again, they kind of took things in a different direction yeah. than um, the the track being laid here. So the priest now can apparently body jump, so mm-hmm. cannot be killed, and the priest and their new body starts to exalt again and they're being immortal. They call to Leviathan. O mighty Leviathan, ruler of the seas, born of waters primordial, I offer unto you this frail flesh, you might grant your faithful servant's deliverance. Now Merylvib opens fire (laughs) and kills every Sahagin on this little jetting outcrop of rock. Yeah, try possessing someone else now, bitch. And once again, the priest's life orb arises out of the newly dead body. At the same time, something stirs in the deeps. We see dark water with a long serpentine body writhing through it. Leviathan bursts out from below. We see his reptilian head emerge from the seas along with wing-like fins along his body. He's big. The floating priest orb begins to panic. Something is wrong with their new powers. I can feel my essence slipping away. What the fuck is this about? I was told I would be immortal. And as uh, he's mad. He's like, perish, Elizabeth, you motherfucker. Yeah. They say emissary, you motherfucker. But <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. My being. Am the way. 
So the orb winks out. Boom. Also during the scene, Yishola has popped on her etherometer, her binoculars that read either. So she's got something. She has some readings on what's going on here. We don't know what yet, but mm. she has popped on the headgear mm-hmm. to check it out. Glad we brought her. Leviathan also retreats back into the water. Yeah, great. Now now what the fuck? Not long afterwards, Merylvib's Link Pearl pings. The diversionary fleet has been wiped out entirely, and Leviathan is heading for open sea. Merylvib concludes that he intends to strike Limsa with a tidal wave. Yeah, that'll destroy it. That'll just straight up. She's like, this isn't just like a big wave, you guys. This will destroy the settlement. Just full stop. I don't know. What, I don't know what to do about how do we do. How do we deal with this? Nobody is sure how to deal with this new threat right now. With Leviathan commanding the seas and the Maelstrom ships not standing a chance against the Primal. So we'll pick up here next time to figure out what to do next. Mm-hmm. Thoughts, Jen? Mm, I mean, no, you know, it's it's typical primal ramp-up stuff, um, except for Minfilia showing up and this weird echo imitation stuff that's going on. I have forgotten this entire storyline about this echo emissary whatever. Yeah. Because it doesn't end no- up meshing. Nothing, nothing happens with it. So I think Minfilia thought that this would be a major revelation into what it is that she has, how she got it. I I think Um, they're going to develop it further, but ultimately drop it at some point. I think most of this Realm Reborn patch series is a blur to me. I recall some points, but not most of them. I feel like they're going to develop this for a bit before it kind of dissipates. That's my expectation. I don't recall at this time. Uh, same, but you know something something weird is going on, and Minfilia was able to to peep it. I think it's already like debunked. Like this is not what she thought, um, and it's not what the Sahagan thought. Like who knows? Like Astians are just out here spitting it, lies. It seems like the emissary Lilibus has taught this Sahagan how to do body transfers, body possession, like. And Astian can. And he's like, hey, congrats. You just learned how to be immortal. And he's like, yeah. And I'm not clear on if the orb dissipated because there were no other hosts nearby because Meryl Bibb shot all the Sahagin or if, yeah, or something else is going on. Now that like Leviathan showed up, well, you're donezo. But also, it's like a timer. A very weird detail because nothing comes of the priest's immortality, too. The, the priest is immortal for five seconds. Right. And then dies. I don't understand how this is more important from an Asian perspective than any other primal summoning. Just fucking give them their Christies and they'll summon Leviathan. It's not like they're going to... Yeah, like beam into the crystal hordes, grab some, beam out, go to the Sahag and dump them at their feet and like die. I, I don't think they can transport materials <laughs> with them, Jen. 
But point being is that they never needed to promise this priest everlasting life or whatever to get them to summon Leviathan. The Sahagin will summon Leviathan if they got crystals. That's a foregone conclusion. So the added Maybe, spice of Maybe, you this... know what? I think it was just insurance. So that the priest could stay alive just long enough to summon Leviathan. And when the Leviathan showed go. up, that's it. It's true. Because it did buy the priest one more bite at the old apple to summon Leviathan. Exactly. Yeah. That said, though, Jen, if the priest was not busy doing this immortal life ritual, they could have summoned Leviathan the first time before getting shot. Well, so I think this is all part of the summoning. Like this is this was the this was the ritual, he, and he just happened to be shot in the middle of it. You know, so like he w- if he was never shot, we never would have seen him transfer bodies at all. The summoning just would have gone off, and then he's not immortal. And then somebody shot him, and he'd, he'd be dead. Possibly. It could have been, like you said, Jen, giving the priest some more durability to make sure this thing gets done. That's my theory. Yeah. That that works. All right. Otherwise, I don't know why anyone would care to give this priest possession powers. Yeah. No. That was just lies to, um, you know, keep him, keep him uh, you know, motivated to summon the shit. Like, do this. You're going to be immortal. Leviathan will handle all of your business. Sahagan will reign supreme over the land. Right? Like, let's, let's do this and priest is like this sounds like a really good deal well i am interested to rediscover the next three patches worth of story and what they do in all this time yep totally forgot except for you know that one thing (laughs) yes i do know actually (laughs) (laughs) that one thing that happens oh oh and then they okay no there's gonna be a lot it's a lot it's a lot (laughs) okay Anyway, any other comments, Jen? No. Okay. Next time, we'll be wrapping up the Patch 2.2 story. See you then. And that will do it for today's episode. Uh, Thank y'all so much for listening. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can at podreturnffxiv at gmail.com or check the show notes for our discord and get all up in there and um, talk about glam, share screenshots, invite people to go on runs, join us for group runs, good stuff. Uh, We also have the Patreon, patreon.com slash podreturnffxiv. For a buck a month, you get access to some bonus episodes that we release um, about monthly uh, thereabouts. We talk about seasonal items and we also just released the Vanadil Van Splainer series where Levi is playing Final Fantasy XI and talking to me about it. I don't know shit about shit and um, we're just gonna this is all in preparation for Dawn Trail so we can get some of that sweet Final Fantasy XI reference goodness. So yeah, that's a thing. Anyway, uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode and have a good day or a night and we will see you next time.